Mayday is brought to you by JordanDene.com. That is Jordan, D-E-N-E.com. Uh, she runs an apparel and accessories company. Uh, it is fantastic stuff. This is functional fandom items. So these are t-shirts, accessories, aprons, all kinds of great things that are themed around fandoms but aren't your everyday looking stuff. So definitely go check them out. Uh, JordanDene.com. Once again, it's J-O-R-D-A-N, like Jordan, uh, D-E-N-E.com. Our organization podcast partner this month is NARAL Missouri. They are Missouri's largest grassroots pro-choice organization working to protect a woman's right to a full range of reproductive health care for over 40 years. They are doing some amazing work. For more information about them, you can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org. That's ProChoiceMissouri.org to get more information about NARAL Missouri. Lastly, our wild card. It is called Geek Girl Brunch. You can find out all about them if you visit their website, geekgirlbrunch.com. This was something that is really cool. Very grassroots. Started uh, up in New York City by three women who were looking to start a women's only uh, brunch group to just talk about geeky stuff and do geeky stuff with fandoms and all kinds of things. You can visit them, geekgirlbrunch.com. They have a map and a list of their chapters. You can also apply to start a chapter in your city if this is something you are interested in. This is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Mayday. This is Justin. It has been a while since we had our last podcast, so welcome back to everyone who is a subscriber. If you're a brand new subscriber, brand new listener, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on social media at, at Handmade Podcast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Find us all of those places to keep up with all of our episodes, all the latest news, uh, retweet, anything interesting and new about The Handmaid's Tale and all the issues that go along with it. So once again, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, in this episode, it's been a while since we uh, recorded a podcast, so I wanted to give a little update uh, because we recorded this about a week or so ago, so there's been some things that have changed with the show, uh, with The Handmaid's Tale, not our show. Uh, so I wanted to give a little update prior to you getting to the podcast. So there's some news about casting. There's some uh, things we're going to be doing. So just hang out here for a second as we run through some announcements. Uh, in this episode, we're pretty much going to run through our poll results from uh, our January poll, which was who do you fear for most in The Handmaid's Tale upcoming season two and why. Uh, your options were Janine, uh, where the hell is she and what is she doing? Um, Emily, she killed a guy, uh, crushed a guy actually. And June, of course, where is she going? So we'll talk about those results, and then we will also have much, much talk about the trailer, teaser trailer for Season 2 of The Handmaid's Tale, and all the images that you find in there. There is a, a ridiculous amount of stuff that we broke down. Uh, you can find on our social media, if you go out there, a full trailer breakdown of The Handmaid's Tale Season 2 teaser trailer. We took a snapshot by snapshot, every shot in the trailer, screen capped it, and did an analysis of it just to see, hey, what is this? What are we looking at? And what, some of the stuff we didn't know, so we want to get your opinion. So check that out. Uh, also, in this episode, we have a just part of a what will be a longer interview uh, with director Lindsay Copeland. She's directed a film called Hedgehog. You may have seen it on our social media. We've been uh, promoting it a little bit uh, called Hedgehog. It is starring Handmaid's Tale cast members Madeline Brewer and Ann Dowd. You've known them as Janine and Aunt Lydia. It is out now, February 6th, uh, on iTunes, only available on iTunes. So go check that out. It is a fantastic movie. Uh, really well 
acted and directed and really well done. I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. So go check it out. Uh, we're going to sat down and talk with her about the film, making the film, all about it. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. We'll have a full interview with her. Uh, should be out this Friday. So look for that. Um, and she was kind enough to uh, uh, join us and talk about all the things about Hedgehog, her film. Now, Handmaid's Tale TV show news updates. Here we go. There's been quite a few. Uh, for all your Handmaid's Tale news, you can follow us on social media. We have started what is called the Handmaid's Tale Neverending News Feed, which basically is us collecting all the news because there is a lot of news, especially now uh, coming out of Hulu's camp and then all the various, you know, magazines and websites and so we collect them all uh put a little brief synopsis and a picture on there and link out to that website where you can find all that news uh, we just kind of list it in all one spot so you don't have to jump all over the internet or find it all through your twitter feed so it's the handmaid's tale never-ending news feed we update it as the news comes in so there's no real schedule per se i would love to say there is one but sometimes news happens when news happens and we just put it out there so just check our social media feeds again at handmade podcast on twitter instagram and facebook we post it every time we update it and you can click on it and find all the latest handmaid's tale news all listed in one spot and linked out to all the lovely websites that are doing some great coverage of the show. So just this past weekend, we want to say a big congratulations to Reed Morano, who was the director from The Handmaid's Tale. For those that don't know, she directed the first three episodes and was really responsible for the look and feel of the entire series. Uh, Bruce Miller has talked about how she came in and knocked it out of the ballpark. She brought a spec book uh, and basically said, this is what I want it to look like. This is the songs I want. This is how it's going to be. This is how my vision. And they took it and ran with it, and the results are obvious. Amazing. So uh, she won the Director's Guild Award for Director in a Drama TV Series. That, coupled with her Emmy Award for Directing, makes her the first woman in history to win both of those awards. Uh, it's amazing. And so... Congratulations to her. Well-deserved. And she's going to skyrocket to some awesome things. There's already been rumors that she shot down, but already been rumors about her directing a Star Wars movie. And so, you know, once you're up in, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Money territory, you're you're doing pretty well and you're on a lot of people's radar. So congratulations to Reed Morano for all the success and all the awards. They are well-deserved. The show looks amazing and was fantastic. And you did a great job. So casting news, big casting news. It was announced uh, after we had recorded this podcast that Cherry Jones, Tony Award-winning actress, will be joining season two of The Handmaid's Tale, and she will be cast in, spoiler alert, she'll be June's mother in this season. Now, we don't know whether that's going to be in flashbacks or in current stuff. They have not announced that. Obviously, they're playing that pretty close to the best, but if, for those of you that have read the book, June's mom in the book is kind of a badass feminist um, who bad things happen to eventually. Um, I'll leave it at that and won't spoil too much of that for you just in case they decide to go the route that the book went. But she has been cast. She is fantastic. You've probably seen her in a lot of things. One thing I do remember her from, um, she was in Oceans 12 or in 13, one of the two. Um, I think the last two sequels as Be uh, Matt Damon's mother. She plays his mother when they come to bail him out a couple times, and she's great. But she is a Tony Award-winning actress, has been on Broadway for a number of years. Um, so she will be joining season two, and everyone around the, the industry is applauding this casting because she's just a fantastic actress. Uh, look out this uh, February 19th, on Monday, February 19th. Look out for something we're going to be participating in. Haven't quite decided how yet. 
but uh, there's a few Handmaid's Tale social media accounts that are going to be doing something called Mayday Mondays. Now, they're doing the French Mayday, so it's M-A-I-D-E-Z Mondays is what it's going to be called. Hashtag May. I, I'll just say Maids because it's easier for you to know what I'm talking about. Hashtag Maids Mondays, so hashtag M-A-I-D-E-Z Mondays. Uh, so what it is is there's a, an account, Joseph Finds, uh, Joseph Fine Fans, uh, Fans Y Strahovski, and Joe Finds Daily. That are going to be live tweeting their rewatch of season one. So they decided, hey, let's prep for season two. Let's rewatch it. We'll live tweet it, see all the new things that we have, you know, that maybe we didn't catch the first time, and just kind of make it a big uh, fan collective fun thing on social media. So we're going to be participating in that. I don't know if we're going to live tweet or what we're going to do. We haven't really decided what direction we're going to take with it yet, but we are going to be participating because we were looking forward to rewatching it as well. So we're just going to hop right on this and we've talked to them and they're more than happy to have us, which is awesome. Uh, so look for that again, February 19th. And then on every Monday after that, until we get to the end of the series, we'll be watching it and they'll be live tweeting it. And uh, I'll let you know what our involvement is going to be in that, but definitely look forward to that on Twitter. So once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is our newest episode. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter, social, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the fun stuff about The Handmaid's Tale. So uh, wanted to make one last announcement. The, again, this is mostly going to cover Season 2's teaser trailer. Uh, so if you are not wanting to hear a lot about speculation about Season 2 or not wanting to hear some casting news and some other news about the show and trying to go totally spoiler-free, this might not be the episode for you. So go back to our uh, website or go back to our catalog and find another episode to listen to. And hopefully this one will be the one for you, though. Uh, once again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. This is Justin. This is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mayday. The Handmaid's Tale podcast. Did you burp again? I'm sorry. I'm Man, so just like right sorry. in the middle of the intro. No, it's perfect. It means we're a human show. We have flaws. Ugh. And one of our flaws is that Sarah reveals a secret every show. Well, I just drank a Clearly Canadian. You did not drink a Clearly Canadian because it is not 1994. It's in my car right now. It's cherry There's flavor. a Clearly Canadian in your car. Yep. From now. It's empty. But I got it at World Market. Have you saved it from the 90s? No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's not rancid. Man. It's... Clearly Canadian was awesome. Yes, but it makes you very I figure like derby. this is like a line of conversation that we were not prepared to go into, but I, let's talk I about know. this. I know. I'm sorry. What was like your, your – so like like for those that don't know, because uh, I feel like there's probably quite a few. The Clearly Canadian is a – what would you – it's sparkling water, right? I mean it's – No, it's, no, right? it's, no, it's, it's more soda. Water. It's more soda no, than anything else. No, but it's not really sweet. Is, I think I, it of is it very, as like – very sweet. Like like fr fruity soda, but way more seltzery. Right. Yes. Okay. You know, like if you had like grape soda or orange soda and like made it super seltzery, that's what Yes. Yeah. But like, it's like if you but gave if you like gave there's syrup in there if you for put, sure. Well, if yeah. you put teenagers in charge of sparkling water, this is what yes. you would get. Yes. Totally. Yes. And it's like when you used to put the kids in charge of making the Kool-Aid. Oh. And it was the sugariest. And you're like, how much sugar you want to put in there? <laughs> Just tell me. Tell <laughs> Just rotted Say your teeth when. as exactly. you drank it. Six cups. So the first ingredient in Clearly Canadian, if you don't know, is purified Canadian sparkling spring Canadian because it's better. Yeah. yeah. It specifies that it's Canadian. I'm sure well, it because it's clearly Canadian. I know, but I just wanted you to know that. So it's been a while. Yeah. How are you guys? Good. Good. Yeah. Solid. Holidays. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Dinner Exhausting. Out. Nothing major. No. no, that's good. Everybody stay well. I didn't. Nope. Nope. 
No, everybody was sick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Did you know we are in, in the Gateway City, St. Louis? Here we are the hub of the flu. That's so, what I heard. I was yeah. like, oh. We're Great. flu central, so congratulations to anyone who's gotten the flu. Yay. Probably got it from here. I don't know who hasn't at this point. It's pretty um, bad. I talked to my urgent care doctor when I went in, and he was interviewed by na- by national news. Oh man! Because of the influx of yeah, and I told you it's bad. Tiana's making this face like national news. Good lord! Uh, about the flu? Yeah, um, about the flu. So there's been us. a lot that has occurred since the last time we had a podcast. Uh, most importantly, and I think we just did get this out there. Season two has. A couple things. A premiere date, April Finally. 25th. So April 25th, mark it on your calendars. Everybody who's listening has probably already known that. But April 25th, if you didn't know, season two of The Handmaid's Tale will be on Hulu. Now, if you're Canadian, April 29th, Bravo Canada. That's when you're going to you're gonna be getting that. The rest of the world, I don't know about you yet. Um, I know last time it was like going out in stages. So we'll, we'll as soon as we find out those dates, we'll provide them for you if we can uh you can follow us on the social medias obviously on the twitters and the facebook and sarah's preferred social media platform instagram instagram uh at handmade podcast on all those you can find us uh so there's also to go along with the premiere date there is a trailer a teaser trailer if you will it is really more teaser than it is trailer as it is mostly a compilation of images rather than it is like a uh hey this is what's going to happen they're just kind of throwing stuff at you to go Hey, look at all this stuff that's going to be horrible and terrifying for the next season. And that's <laughs> more or less what nightmare. it is. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, I remember, because, you know, interviewing uh, Yvonne Strahovski and Ann Dowd, both of them were like, yeah, it's going to be darker. And we were like, really? It's going to be it's yeah. pretty dark already. But in then one of the things Bruce Miller's been talking about in promoting the upcoming season, as much as they can talk about it, is the colonies. So the colonies are heavily featured in this teaser trailer. And so one of the things we did do is we kind of did a, because uh, I always wanted to do one of these, is we did a shot-by-shot um, screen capped the entire trailer and took shot-by-shot to see what the hell they're trying to show us. Because sometimes they like throw shit at you and they throw it in there for like half a second hoping you don't know about it. And so I wanted to go through and say, okay, this is every shot at the trailer. So we did that. And it was uh, a lengthy process, but it was cool because you kind of got to see everything. Um so today we've done a couple things. One, we kind of extrapolated a couple out, and today I put one out where it's just the shots of the colonies. Um, so that was really cool because for those that don't know, um, we can tell people the colonies are basically described as areas in North America outside of Gilead that are um, polluted with toxic radioactive waste from what I'm assuming. I think in the book it's a combination of like natural pollution, like of because it's the 80s, so like nuclear mm-hmm. waste. Um, but then also I think from I'm assuming maybe some war stuff, like weapons that they've used, but I can't confirm that, so I don't know. Um, but that's where the uh, unwomen, as they're called, and unpeople. I also read unpeople, like there's both. Like I guess some of the men, maybe the men that don't, uh, you know. Fit the profile gets sent out there, but I don't know. It kind of seems like they just kill the men that right, like aren't or chop off their limbs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So maybe they need work though to clean up the the toxic waste. I think the men who are working are working where there are people, like in the cities. Mm. I don't think the men get sent to the colonies. Well, we'll find out. I don't know because we'll see if the vision of uh, because they don't really, you know, that's the part of the book and kind of the beauty of the show is that. There are a lot of things described in the book, but not necessarily in great detail. Mm-hmm. And so Bruce Miller has talked about how, you know, we're kind of expanding on it. But there's also a lot to expand on because there's not a lot of description uh, in great detail about them. So we 
took all the shots of just the stuff that is the colonies and put those up there today. So you can find those on our Twitter and uh, Instagram, I believe, and Facebook. Follow us there. So that's been fun. Um, and they look awesome. I will say that. It looks like uh, Ann Crabtree had a, uh, the costume designer for the Amnesty had a ball. Because there was just all kinds of new yeah. stuff to work the on. The people in the colonies, like when you see them from a distance and there's a bunch of them, they look like Bedouins. Like, right? Like It's creepy. Like all this stuff is creepy. There's lots of stuff to unpack in that yeah. teaser trailer. Um, the colonies looks cool. Like the And I, I have to, I mean, obviously we'll see in the show, but to me it looks like the horse is wearing a gas mask. There's a shot of the horse. Uh, to me it looks like the horse is wearing the gas mask. Um, which tells you how bad it is. But also kind of a thing that I found kind of funny just because it looks a little odd when you actually look at it and see it is there's a shot where it's, you know, obviously they're cleaning up toxic waste and they're cleaning up the dirt and putting it in bags. And they they look like your garden variety, like lawn waste bags that you would go get down at like Home Depot. Yeah. But they have like the biohazard symbol on the side of them. Like somebody just like you would go down. OK, this one's for yard waste. Yeah, this one's recycled. Oh, this one's the biohazard one, Jim. Get five of those. We need five of those biohazard waste ones. Those are the ones that we need. So it's just Over funny. At the Home Depot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Went, down, went down to Gilead Depot and got 17 dozen boxes of those. Um, so yeah, lots to see on that. So have you watched? I know you watched the teaser, of yep. course. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, stand out I had for to you? watch it a few times because it is a lot of flashes in right. a short amount of time, and I had a hard time like taking it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really excited to see several shots that were. Se- it seems to me that it's obvious that there were colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at this point that there's a lot of things that I would assume about the show that may be completely wrong. Right. Um, I think that's kind of the plan, right? But it was it was great to see because I was pretty excited about that. You don't get much about them in the previous series or in the book. Right. So excited about that. Um, I was interested to see the flash of Fred because I, I feel like he was left in kind of a precarious position. He was. And he he's supposed to be very powerful. So yes. I'm very curious about like, were there any repercussions for him at all? Like how much is like out and known right. slash how much does his wife hate him right now? Sure. And it's so it's the interesting thing to me is I was like, because I was the one that did all the still shots. And so what I was looking last night, one of the things that jumped out at me is the only person not... I take that back. The only people that are not sad or frowning or crying are the men. True. So the shot, except for the guy with the gun, that's obviously something bad's going to happen to him. The guy that's got like, they have him out in the woods. Fred's like got a gun behind him. Like he obviously had something to do with something that we're going to probably find out later. There's a whole scene where they're like, it's Fred behind him in the woods yeah. and he's got his mouth. Luke looks sad. Well, Luke. He kind of always is sad though. He probably is sad, um, but uh, there's a shot of Fred where he's like got this little smirk on, and they're in some crowd. They look like they're at the opera, right? And but <laughs> sitting next to him is Putnam, who should have just recently oh, I lost didn't a realize limb. That was yeah, he's right yeah, next to him, and he's kind of yeah, out of focus, but you could right. tell it's him. And then the other sh- scene where you see the men is the one where I, uh, when I put the description, I was like, you're kind of hitting us over the head with it. But it was an entire room full of men with the women behind the glass wall as opposed to the glass ceiling. Um, and, but the guy that recruited Nick is up in like the front row on the right and he's smiling. So like the only people that are actually like having anything but a terrible time uh, rather appropriately are the men in Gilead. Aside from that one guy who they've obviously taken to the woods to try and figure out if yeah. he had something to do with something bad. 
All right, we are going to take a break from the podcast right now and bring you a little sample of our interview with writer-director Lindsay Copeland, uh, who brings you the film Hedgehog, starring Madeline Brewer and Ann Dowd, who play Janine and Aunt Lydia, respectively, on The Handmaid's Tale. We will return right back to the podcast, but uh, take a listen to this interview. She's really fun, really interesting. and the film is really good. You should check it out. It is available now on iTunes, Amazon Prime Video, and Google Play. So check that out. Uh, once again, here's our sample of our interview with writer-director of the film Hedgehog, Lindsay Copeland. Uh, you can find the rest of this interview probably this Friday uh, in its entirety. We'll post it on the podcast feed. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Justin. You're listening to Mayday. Uh, well, joining me today is director, filmmaker, Lindsay Copeland. She is got a film coming out here on February 6th, available right now for pre-order only on iTunes. It is called Hedgehog. It stars Madeline Brewer and Ann Dowd from The Handmaid's Tale, as you know. Uh, you can follow the film on social media at, at Hedgehog Film and online at HedgehogFilm.com. Lindsay, how are you today? I am great. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Thanks for joining us. So tell us a little bit about the film. Give us a little brief synopsis of what Hedgehog is all about. All right. So Hedgehog tells the story of Allie, who is played by Madeline Brewer. Allie is the daughter of a once famous stand-up comic in Boston. Uh, her father passed away when she was young, and now she is uh, an adult young woman, and she wants to be a comic herself, but she has a very intense fear of performing uh basically crippling anxiety when it comes to being up on stage and the film is her journey about attempting to conquer that and uh the different people she meets along the way that sort of force her into a reckoning with her issues with vulnerability and performance now in in making this and you you also wrote this correct this is written by you i wrote it all right so where does this come from from lindsey copeland's as Lindsay Copeland, the human being that wrote this story, is this a personal story? Is this something that has just come out of your head that you created, or you know, where does this come from? Um, well, all, I think all stories are personal in some sense because no matter what, they're about a subject that you have to be passionate about. Because to stick with a script, writing a script before you even getting into directing it, if you do direct it, um you spend a lot of time with the subject. I I would say all all my scripts are uh, a combination of things that I'm passionate about or subjects that I feel very intense about, personal stories, but also stories of friends and family and people I've met uh, in my life who've influenced me greatly. And people who've influenced me greatly are performers. And I think one of the most fascinating types of performers are comedians you are so vulnerable up on that stage because you're by yourself with a mic there's really nothing else going on and distraction is your greatest enemy and then the personal side of it for me that i felt like i put into this film was um, when i was uh, younger and really just starting to write scripts about 10 years ago I was so scared to show them to anyone because the first time you share a script with someone it, it is very daunting because it can't not be personal. And if you show it to them and they don't like it, does that mean they don't like you? Does that mean you're a failure? Does that mean you shouldn't even be doing this? And you don't even really understand that, you know, in the beginning, no one writes well. That's another part of this story too, is getting over uh, the the fear that you have of sharing your work with the world. This is something I thought about today, honestly. This being your first feature film that just happens to have Madeline Brewer and Dowd in it. 
Uh, those are good people to surround yourself with. Uh, so talk about them being involved, but also the importance of surrounding yourself with a good cast and crew that are able to uh, not only help you kind of get out of your own head a little bit, but you know, help make the film as good as it can be. When I when I met Maddie for the first time, I knew instantly she was Allie. And I'd seen her work before. I knew she was very talented, but I I just I just loved everything about her. I thought she was a very genuine person, kind, whip smart, uh, very clever, a hard worker. That you know, she she is a woman with an excellent work ethic and is tremendously talented. And that's a fire combination. You can't lose with that. And Dowd was one of the people that I wrote her character, the character of Joan, for her specifically. I I loved her in the leftovers. I loved her in compliance. I uh, even her part in Philadelphia. I was just I thought she she has such a long and wonderful career and thought she was brilliant and was, you know, crossing my fingers and praying she would want to do it. And when she did, I was actually on an Amtrak train, Boston bound. And I think I scared everyone in the car. I'd be like, oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're crying. Um, I was so happy. All right. Once again, thanks to Lindsay Copeland for joining us. Uh, we'll have the full interview on Friday for you so you can check that out and get some more information on her more information on Hedgehog which again is available everywhere you can get your uh, stuff online so uh, the major ones Google, Amazon and iTunes all have it for rent and for purchase so check that out and we'll get back here to Mayday the Handmaid's Tale podcast to keep talking about season 2 teasers and whatnot. thanks for joining us Um, yeah, I wonder if he was, like, driving the van. But, yeah, every other woman, like, you know, you see the shots of uh, Elizabeth Moss, where there's a yeah. couple shots of her. Even Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia's crying. Um, Very upset. Serena Joy's doing that thing where the, the the light shines just perfectly through the window like it does at that house. It must just be, like, the go-to shot for that house where the light just shines through the window just right. But she's looking sad, which is no good for anybody. It's true. Everybody has a bad day when and Serena then, Joy has a bad day. Yeah. Everybody. And then um, who else was there? Oh, uh, Moira's crying because I think Moira's just like toast. She's got to be freaking out. Got to be toast. And that's, I mean, that's like the most intense survivor's guilt probably Right. Ever. And that's, you know, because now she's left June there twice. Twice, yeah. And dealing with even just the ramifications of having been at Jezebel's for however long she was there and then going through again and deciding to escape. And now she's, you know, got to deal with the fact that, Oh, not only did I once try and escape and fail and leave her. <laughs> right. And, you know, I left her again. So it'll be interesting to see what they put her through and the interest. Okay. So that shot that you're talking about with her and Luke standing there. So yeah. there's a couple things and I love picking these apart because it's the reason I want to do it. So hanging from the tree. Did you notice this? Are, the, uh, flags. the Canadian flags that have like Little America printed on them? I didn't see that they had Little America printed yeah. on them, but it did clearly. It did look like yeah. part of the American flag with a maple leaf on yeah, it. So and I was it's like, basically Whoa. like they're outside and they're looking at this tree, and hanging from this tree are like triangle banners, like you would have for like the Cardinals won the World Series and like pennants, oh. basically is what they look like. Only they're hanging vertically. Um, and if you look at them, they're backwards, but they say they have a maple leaf, Canadian maple leaf, and they're all in red, white, and blue, striped, and it says Little America on it. So somewhere there's a Little America like set of pennants and banners, and I think that would be like so awesome to have. Oh, that would be, would be that the be great? best. That would be, like that would be some good souvenir. swag. That would yeah. be good, some great swag. I would totally Hulu. love 
Hulu. If you're listening. Yeah. You need to send out some Little America. I think you need like a Little America coffee cup from the barista we've never seen before. <laughs> and the thing. But then the other thing in that scene that you look at and you're like, what is this? Is there's like three a tiny little nooses. Little nooses in the yeah. tree? And I was like, come on, Canada. I, yeah. Be cool. I, we just got here. Yeah, I was wondering what that was about. Is it like is it supposed to be that Canada is not happy about the immigrant population? Because let's be honest, if I were Canada, I would be pretty pissed if a bunch right. of Americans were coming. But well, we don't exactly. I, I don't like, know. Like, there's that could be so many things, right? Like, I didn't know if it was like maybe the it's only... a memorial. <laughs> it could be so many things, right? Because when I think about that, I automatically think about the people in the church in that church scene where they were all hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, well, somebody like, oh, I, somebody I knew got hung, so I'm going to hang on. But I don't, I don't know. It's no, not like a memorial you graphic. do. That's not a thing you do. It's brutal. It's almost like I have mixed feelings about the people that put the crosses on the roadside where the people died in the car accident mm-hmm. right on the spot where they died. That's always a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like surrounded by stuffed animals. Like yeah. on the side of the highway, yep. Johnny was driving down the wrong side of the road and here's where he died and it's there still 10 years later. It still wigs me out. I just don't see like that's a thing that. Yeah. So I don't know that like hanging a noose to memorialize somebody that's been hung. Inappropriate. I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm going to say that's what that's not about. I'm going to say it's more angry Canadians that are anti-immigrant. That was my first thought. Was Canadians are sick of us. Yes. <laughs> the, Despite they, their friendly reputation, they actually have a really strict immigration policy. Like my friend tried to get a work visa there and had to wait like a year. And yeah, you got to like have yeah. a plan. And like even when you got when he got the work visa that was he they could only stay there for a year before it needed to be reviewed again. Like it was a really big deal for him to just work there with his family for a year. Um, so I would imagine that the influx of immigration would. Yeah, and we don't. Have I guess really we're refugees in this situation. We are, but still, not, yeah, not I guess technically immigrants. I guess depending on your perspective or viewpoint or definition of said thing. Um. Yeah, so we don't really don't even know how many there are. That's the other thing. Like maybe there's been like millions. That's true. I don't know because yeah. we we a, don't know how many escaped. We don't know how long it's been. We don't know how many people died in the quote war. Um, we really don't. It's, that's the other beauty of the shows that we've seen so much, but we know so little about a much lot. Much like the book. I was gonna say that's exactly how reading the book. Feels. It's almost like professionals did this such and that they depth. knew what they were doing <laughs> and that they bought us all in um who knows so let's talk about this we are going to do some segments uh we're going to try and be a little more structured on our podcast these days because uh you know we are a podcast and i have a thing i want to do and one thing i know that people love to do is uh, have their opinions um so we're going to do a segment called lists and polls which when i say it in my head sounds like boats and hose um, from Step Brothers, ne- neither one of those not, things. It's neither one of those things. It's lists and polls. So we are going to put out a poll every month on our social media, probably about a week or so before we record. Uh, this month's poll was: Who do you fear for most in season two, and why? Now, um, it was very interesting to see that between the Facebooks and the Twitter the difference. So on the Twitter, June is clearly the people's concern. They're very concerned about where she's going, why she's going there. I don't think anybody trusts Nick or his intentions, which we can't blame him for. Um, Coming in second was Emily. Um, Emily's option was Emily, she crushed a guy, Um, and then Janine. Because I want to know personally where Janine's at and why. But we find out Janine's in the trailer, and Janine is uh, decidedly in the colonies. I think I'm most concerned about Emily. I am too. See, now Janine's my favorite. But I really want to know because we haven't yeah. seen anything of Emily's Emily since favorite. episode four. 
or five. Oh my gosh. No, really? she came back at the end, remember? No, it wasn't no. at the end. It was earlier than you think. Oh. It was like the episode car. five. She crushed the dude with the car, watermelon. Oh, and that was that's in the, it. I that saw was like I, in the middle, yeah. Okay. I'm still I'm still Janine. Like when you first said that question, the first oh, thing. Oh, you're talking that, about Janine. No, Janine got uh in the coma and then got not stoned. No, I know, but I'm saying like of the three, oh. Janine was my most concerned. Your most concerned was Janine? I don't know why. I just because you were wondering what the ramifications of the not stoning was going to be. Right. And she's so volatile and vulnerable. And her relationship with Aunt Lydia is so interesting and Twisted. different. And yeah. So I'm most wanting to see what happens to her first. And then, of course, the others. But So just, just to review, the Twitters said they are concerned with you. Now, um, I don't have a theory yet on where she's going to end up. I will say that the one shot that is in the trailer where she is riding in some kind of vehicle of sorts that has a window where you can see that she's like, it'd be like if you're shooting somebody right in a bus and you can see out the window, it looks colony-ish to me because it is very desolate and there are people in gray, which is what the unwomen wear. Um, just the gray, like, like mm -hmm. you were saying earlier. Um, so, I don't know if that's where she ends up or not. Um, the only other thing in the trailer of her is close up of her and then close up of her burning something. Um, metaphorically, I would assume, and literally. Um, so I'm not sure exactly. Do you have a theory on where you think June's going to end up? I what don't you, know. What, you, what does I, your gut say? I feel like I have zero be idea. Before the trailer, I would not have said the colonies, right? but the trailer does kind of imply colonies, but I just keep thinking like, but I guess it just depends on how much the show is going to focus on June going forward, because I can't imagine, like, how would you escape from the colonies? Right. And, like, even if you did, what good would it do yeah, you? Because the other Radiation thing poisoning is kind of a thing. Right. And the other thing about the colonies is they are, like, out in, like, the yeah, middle of it's nowhere. like, Nebraska. Designed to just, like, it's basically kind of like concentration camp-ish. Right, like, mm -hmm. rural yeah, yeah, like, nowhere to I go. imagine they don't fence them. Right. Because why? Because where are you going to go? You're going to die trying to escape more than anything. Um so, yeah, I feel like I have less of a clue about her yeah, than any I'm, of Yeah, I'm more confused about what could be happening to June than I was before the trailer. My gut says she's fine. Like, she's safe somewhere. Like, she'll get hooked up with something. She's yeah. fertile. Yeah, but so yeah, is but... Moira. So is Janine. Yeah, but they already got a baby out of Janine. Mm -hmm. another, another interesting I did read in doing a, a little bit of research on the colonies that I guess when they decide to send someone who was a handmaid to the colonies just because it's because they have not conceived into three like yeah cycles you of get being three with, chances you get three, three strikes, three strikes you're you're out. Out. that's yeah. interesting that's very interesting to me so I did not I did not realize that so um, I think they talk about it in the first season do they mm -hmm. okay yeah I was not sure I don't I you know even they only mention it once or twice I think in the in the book. In the, in the book and even in the first season of the show, yeah, I don't remember mentioning a ton because I think the only thing they talk about is when uh, Moira talks about it because that's why she decided to go to Jezebel's is because they showed her in the colonies and she was like, no, I'll take drugs and be yeah. a prostitute, I guess. I don't know. Um, so as far as Facebook goes, Facebook was decidedly more concerned with Emily. He, she crushed a guy well-being than anybody else uh june coming in second and Janine coming in third poor Janine coming in third but um i do want to know what happened to janine but oh, i don't care about her character as much as i care about emily that's sadness right there i care about emily a lot yeah so. i get that it's because it got she's like one of those things you like got she was amazing but you only got like that yeah. much of her and you just want more yeah i definitely want a lot more of that character um so i don't know and also moira i really want to know what happened to moira 
Well, we know what happened more if she made it to Canada. What? No, we don't know what happens after that. Is she going crazy? Well, I think Is she going to be Janine? She's in Canada. She's in Canada. She's fine. She's know, all is she well fine? in Canada. She doesn't look great. She was definitely crying. Definitely crying yeah, in the trailer. No, I'm sure she's For sure. Um, as she... far as Emily goes, like there is a shot in the trailer where it's just two, I guess, women whose hands are touching. Like just barely. Like almost. I don't remember There's like that. this scene. Uh, there's a shot and they're basically like trying to touch each other without being noticed that they're touching each other. And I know that one of the big things of the casting news for the show this year was that Clea Duvall is going to be playing her wife, um, Emily's wife, because we talked about in the first season about how she she talks about her wife and they had a son, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's my theory on that shot is that Oliver. she ends up in the. Uh, wow. Did you remember that? Yeah. Wow. Oliver is one of my top baby names when I was pregnant. That's awesome. Um, so there's this scene of two people almost touching hands, looking like oh, if we touch touch hands, we're going to get shot in the face. Um I, I, I think that's them because I think they just probably shipped her out. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That does seem like it would make the most sense for Emily because I feel like they already gave her her second chance, right? And then she killed a guy and super totally guy, gruesome right? fashion. Super killed. Yeah. He's Very definitely dead. Fashion. It was super awesome. duper dead. Um, so, other news about season two. I mean, other than that, I'm trying to think of anything else in the trailer that like really stood out to me that I could what, think of. Oh, I want to no, know what that one thing was that looked like some sort of ceremony, like okay. in a big place. So that like was the, the rocks? Thing. Yes. So, uh, oh, no, that's not what I was talking about. I, mine is indoors, where there's like like bleachers of women on the oh, sides. And, so somebody mentioned that there is a... I put that on Facebook. I don't know what that is. And somebody... Because I thought it was like a... Because if you look in that scene, and it's a really well-shot scene, because of course... Um, if you look at the very front, it's clearly like at a church or yeah, some kind of that's ceremony. That's what it looks like. I at the it was very a front, you can barely see them, but there's two kids, like look like boys, probably like set up, just like standing there. So I thought it was maybe like a some kind of coming of age, you know, mm-hmm. kids of next generation of Gilead. But somebody mentioned that in the book, and I don't remember this because I don't tend to remember the book that well. Uh, there's a wedding scene, and that that's what that could be. I don't remember that in the book, but I no. do remember that kids are like very young girls get married but i i might be misremembering i thought that they were getting married to slightly older men. yeah i don't know but it, the, somebody is remembering the, that they thought that this was going to be the wedding scene oh, or that the wedding scene was in the movie but i thought they said it was in the book so that could be what that is because other than like what you see it doesn't give you a really big clue it's obviously yeah. some sort of ceremony because the handmaids are there the wives are there the guys who are like the eye and they don't look like commanders because they're not old enough. They look younger, so maybe I don't know. So maybe it's like some ma- maybe they're maybe it's like a mass wedding ceremony of. Oh, that would be terrible. Right? It's all bad. Well, it's oh, all terrible. That sounds totally plausible too. For right? The show. Yeah. So it's it, kind of intriguing. Yeah. So I don't know. That's one of the like more mysterious ones where yeah. like you really I just really have zero idea. Is. Like I thought. I mean, I thought everything from like funeral to like whatever the equivalent of a bat mitzvah is for you know, Gilead, <laughs> but they don't seem to celebrate much. You know, I don't think they would celebrate um, anything for the women. I mean, except for like. You're pregnant. Would you like yeah. pie? I don't know. Maybe there's maybe, <laughs> oh, there's, yeah. maybe there's a big deal when the when the girls get their period because now they're fertile. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Ah. It doesn't seem like the thing you would have like a ceremony in the. I mean, well, it is Gilead, but I don't know. You wouldn't think procreation would denote it's a ceremony. Very true. It's very true. So that is a very mysterious shot. Um, so big spoiler alert. I'm gonna go big spoiler because I don't know if either of you read this or not. So I'm gonna give someone about ten seconds to pause our podcast. So they did announce, and I was surprised that this was in print anywhere, but apparently they're talking about it. 
she does not get to keep the baby. Oh. Like, she has the baby, but she doesn't get to keep the baby. But So June. the baby lives. The baby lives. But not with you. Correct. Oh, I did not know that. That I think, from what I was thinking, and I'll talk about how this plays into another little theory I'm having about season two, um, that is for the safety of the child. That because she you has think she's to, in the colonies. Right, so that they have, she has to give it up in order to protect the baby from something happening to it. Um, I don't know. But that is what I read. That was out of uh, Elizabeth Moss said that in an interview, like in one of the press things that they well, were if doing. They, if, they, if she really is like in the hands of like Gilead proper, then she's not going straight to the colonies because she was not super pregnant yet. No. So she's going somewhere else before the colonies. Right. If that's the case. Yeah. So I think over, so I think it's 12 episodes this season. I think I want to say, I think, I, I think, I think that. Um, so I think we're going to get a little longer. Gird your loins. Storyline for her of having the baby and then what looks to be heading to the colonies, maybe. I don't know. Uh, all the options are bad. And so that, but that, yeah, that is a definite uh, thing that is occurring, which I was really surprised that they threw that out there. And she said that it, it made for better drama, which obviously it does. Um, but I, I also don't know how realistically you would be pregnant, escape and keep the child and have something good come of it. Because it's yeah. not like clearly I mean, you'd have to get to Canada. Cl- yeah, clearly, it's not easy to go to Canada, obviously, because um, mm-hmm. you're not going to trek with a baby across, you know, where you have to go to get to Canada. She's not super duper pregnant yet. So she that's could. true. That's true. But I mean, like third trimester, you wouldn't be like hiking through right. the main woods. But and also, you're not going to Mexico, clearly. Yeah, because they want no to trade. Your, they want to trade you for chocolate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a fairly large revelation that they made. I was kind of surprised, but um, the if other that happens early on, if we miss a lot of yeah, time, maybe I don't know. And that's another thing. Like we don't know. We don't know when don't, it's going to no, be. Yeah, that's true. Good point. We don't know what we don't know. So mm-hmm. we get to speculate. Uh, the other big news was that Marissa Tomei is joining the cast. What? Yes. Uh, she is. Jo- I- I really want to know if we get to meet June's mother. That's which... that's the question. And the only thing they would say about Marissa Tomei's character was that she was featured heavily in the colonies. Now, in the book, June's mom is we allegedly don't... in the colonies yeah, because maybe. Moira said that she saw her on a videotape that they showed of like yeah. a, a, propaganda. a propaganda from the colonies. Yeah. Come to the colonies. Right. Where you can die. Um, so we don't know. I don't know if because I don't know the age difference between them. And it doesn't seem like it would be that. You think Marissa I mean, Tomei? I no, I don't. I, I was just. I mean, I'm just trying to think out loud of she, what her character could be. Do you think she could be an? I mean, aunt? they made her Peter, Peter Parker's aunt. <laughs> right. Weirdly, That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, she, she could, could be, be an aunt? literally yeah. be anybody because she. I mean, they they like in. When I saw a picture of her. Um, at whatever press thing they were at, she definitely looked older and definitely looked older than she did in the Spider-Man movie. So like in Spider-Man movie, she's still supposed to be older because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be his mm-hmm. aunt, but she definitely did not look the yeah, age I she mean, looked. Yeah, I mean, that's what makeup's like, Right, I know. So yeah. she ages up and down, I think, fairly well. Uh, so really, I'm thinking she could be anybody. I don't know. And they won't say other than she's going to be in the colonies uh, what she's going to be. So that was the other big, big news of the day. Just FYI, when you first said Marissa Tomei, I had a short little burst of Marissa Tomei from my cousin Vinny, but in The Handmaid's Tale. Just throwing that out there. I don't picture her like that. That anymore. was my like first mental image. She was in uh, Crazy, Crazy Love. 
Crazy, Crazy Stupid, Stupid Love. Crazy. Yeah. She was the teacher. Yeah. And she was so good in that. She so was. now that's what comes into my head. But for a long time, it was it my cousin Vinny. It will always be my cousin Vinny for me. <laughs> yeah, but now I picture that one. That's funny. Yeah, no, that, that movie was awesome. We saw that. So good. I think we saw that in Chicago. I believe that came out the same year as The Dark Knight. No, it was no. after The Dark Knight. It's not that after? old. Yeah. Dark Knight was like 2008. Yeah. Crazy Stupid Love was like 2012, mm, That's 13. Made up. No, I... With Sarah, it's more recent than you're thinking. That could be. I could it's be wrong. It's such a phenomenal movie. All right. So anyway, that that is the uh, big news of season two so far. April twenty well, fifth. Teaser trailers out there. Uh, we've got it broken down. If you go to our uh, social media, we've got uh, the colonies situation broken down, and the the scene that Tiana was talking about, which was the uh, see two thousand eleven. Like I said. Um, <laughs> Which is the the other scene that's kind of fascinating that they show twice. They show it from overhead and then they show like the actual shot, which is the handmaids in some kind of courtyard where when you look at it, they're all holding yeah. the rock like when they were holding the rock when they didn't stone Janine in front of uh, Aunt Lydia. But they're on their knees on the concrete. Oh, they're on their knees? On their knees on the concrete on the outside. And if you look at it, they're soaking wet like they've been in the rain. So the first, the second shot of the actual teaser trailer is from overhead and you can't really tell what it is because you have no frame of yeah, reference it's for it. Is and it's handmaids and you can tell it's raining. And so they go back to that shot later, which is them in that courtyard where they're all just sitting there holding the rock out in the rain, completely soaked in the rain on their knees on the concrete. So I think it's got to be like some mass punishment for that event where they all have to sit there it and, sure looks like that was coming. and hold yeah. that. Well, sure we knew something like was going to come. Where in. are they, though, is really what I thought of that scene. Right. Like, they look like they're at some other place that they would they, we've never seen before. Well, like, is it like a handmade prison? Well, it could be. I mean, it could still be the Red Center, but because we don't know. I mean, I don't know because we haven't seen any. We haven't seen the outside of yeah, much. that's true. You know, we haven't seen the whole infrastructure or the. If the Red Center was, I think it was supposed to be like an old high school or something. Right. Yeah, it could be like right. their outside like cafeteria basketball area or something yeah, yeah. but yeah it's definitely it was a cool scene to break down because i kept seeing more things as i kept staring at the picture of them like sitting in the i was like oh they're because i didn't even catch like the fact, justin in his element i didn't catch the fact that they were on their knees on the concrete with like nothing beneath them until somebody said it on facebook and i was like oh well that's that would be even worse like on yeah. top of everything else like who knows how long they've been standing there with their arms held out straight holding this rock and then the other thing i noticed is that when you get to the middle of the circle of the handmaids, there's one whose rock is dropped on the ground. And so that girl's in trouble because I'm going to guess that when you drop your rock, you get in trouble. I'm going to guess it's like a, whoever drops the rock first. Get stoned. Get stoned. You think they're all pissed that June's not there? Oh, she instigated it and she's another, not going to be there. That's another element that is going to be interesting to see like, you know, everybody rose up like badasses to uh, Aunt Lydia and, you know, did their march down the street and now June's gone. And will there be any like, you know, like typical flaky leadership, right? She's gone. And, you know, I mean, not like, but here's the bad thing. Like she didn't know she was leaving. Right. Right. Of course. (laughs) Like she planned it. But what what is the reaction going to be across the uh, handmade community? Well, when you talked about the big reveal, in what world did June ever get to keep that baby? Like when she was pregnant and in no mind, in no place in my mind was like, she'll she get to know. love that baby. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like there. I feel like there was 
a sense of possibility that if Nick was really good and was really helping her escape to Canada, she'd oh. be able to keep the baby. Right. I think that's the oh, no. the ultimate fantasy. You is know, that... or at least get to where there's like a bunch of resistance people and like she can like live with the resistance. And... Right. Because I think whatever shot she had was killed when she got pregnant. Like, I think if she wasn't pregnant, that he could probably pull something like that off. But now that she has a baby, she's different now. Mm. Her value is different sure. until, yeah. until she has the baby and then whatever. And then she's just chattel again. It's true. Technically. Yeah. I mean, from a Gilead perspective. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of, that went out the window as soon like her, when I read the book, I was like, oh, Nick will take her and they will escape and she has a chance. But in the, Show. show i was like ah. no yeah i also i felt much more dubious about nick generally in the show uh-huh so <laughs> i just i just no trust, I, did I trust show nick a lot less than i trust book nick i totally trusted book nick like probably really? way more than most. i didn't totally trust book i nick, did but like he wasn't yeah I, he just seemed much more capable than well, show nick. i know poor, show poor nick. worthless nick show worthless nick is so like it, the character is just so like non-committal anywhere. I know, it's true, and, and nothing's being revealed in his face. No, I don't know. He's just no. Very, that makes me trust him so much less that he shows so little emotion. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. What was that? There was something else that they talked about. Um, is Joseph Fines in any of those clips? Yeah. Uh, the, there's two shots of him. One is him sitting, like Tiana was saying, sitting in what looks like they're watching something like the it opera. It looks like they're watching Or a show. something. And Putnam's sitting next to him. Or one arm Putnam. That's what I'm calling him. I guess um, he's not going to clap. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And um, so they're just sitting there. And he's got this smirk on his face. And that was one of the things I put on, a, on the thing in the trailer. I was like, seriously, how is, is this? he happy about? At the end pair. of this season... His pregnant handmaid, the second one, by the way, um, has escaped. Maybe they gave him another one. Well, I mean. Imagine living with Serena Joy. After that. Yes. I mean. Imagine being that next handmaid. For real. The third one. Uh, Now, that's the question. How many handmaids did the men get before the strikes are out? I'm sure there's probably no strikes out. Never ending handmaids. Yeah. I would imagine if you were an important man in that society, you just get like an endless. But we also know that there's some guys that are like within the commander infrastructure, or, you know, hierarchy there that are kind of looking over at Fred because they know he's already screwed up once. Oh, yeah. And now oh, screwed up yeah. twice. Yeah, in that uh, like hearing for Putnam. Right. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. clear. They were like, all right, fuck up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just exactly. need to. So that's why it was even more surprising to me that, that he was that he was like smirking and looking like yeah. he had all this confidence which kind of leads me to believe that maybe he's got something else maybe he's else just in the really works. self-delusional dude because he's one of the weakest human beings in the whole show like as far as personality yeah. and like you know spine goes yeah, he wouldn't be where he was without so unless he's right. growing some because the only other shot that has him in it is when you see some guy that is clearly beat to crap who is there out in the woods clearly um he's tied up his mouth is gagged and he's in the forefront of the shot and behind him, out of focus, is Fred with a gun. And so you know that he's obviously torturing this guy or trying to get some information from him. Maybe like, where'd my handmaid go? So, you know. Yeah, in that in that shot, I was thinking mainly two things. One, I don't believe in a million years that Fred is good with a gun. Two, <laughs> why is this guy tied up and gagged 
in the woods and not being stoned by a bunch of handmaids if they want to kill him. Like right. See, that, he must like this makes it makes me think that it's not sanctioned. No. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought is it's like him because it's Fred and then there's two other guys with him in the background that you can see. So I think Fred's like or doing a little Nick, maybe. Uh, see, I, see, I'm not buying that Nick is, is that guy. I still think good. I'm, I think Worthless Nick would show up for whatever the thing was that he was told to show up oh, for. Oh, okay. I yeah. see. So not like, not like legitimately involved. No, but no. But like he drove the him there or something. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's that was my thought is that this is like Fred trying to cover his ass like before somebody finds out that the whole conspiracy oh, yeah, and the whole thing that happened with June and that because nobody knows who knows she's pregnant. Serena. Serena. And, and Fred. Because she told him right before she chucked the, the, the uh, Scrabble board. And my favorite moment of season one. Um, and who? And Nick. And Nick. Does uh, Rita know? Oh, that's a good question. I bet she knows. She just knows things. Rita knows everything. But I bet so she four knows. people. We don't know that Rita knows. Because we Rita also. Does the laundry. She knows. Good point. Because we also don't know if the guys that even came and got June know necessarily why they came and got. That's true. Yeah. I'm I forgetting mean, exactly how that confrontation went. It makes me want to watch season one again. Right. But I think but that's I the thing we I need can. to do. I think we need to do it. I don't know, guys. I think we, we, should, need, we should group rewatch. I think we need to commit to it. Okay. We should rewatch you know, together. You don't seem like you're really on board with it. I can do it. I can do it. It's hard, but I can do it. When you rewatch it, it's easier to watch back-to-back episodes. It's not as intense. It's true. Yeah, I didn't watch it back to back the first time. I couldn't have. The Man, first there's so time. many no. people that have like said, "Oh yeah, I binged that," and I'm oh, like, Jesus. "I'm sorry." No, I was like, "That's Did you terrible get a good for therapist you." Afterward. I was like, "Do you need a puppy?" <laughs> a like, hug. here's a cute baby. <laughs> Anything to feel better because I don't recommend Some binging it all at once. No, not um, the first time. But yeah, so I mean, if we're extrapolating this, so the people that we think know are obviously the just the people in the house. I just think. the people in yeah. the house, and so if it's so new. And so if everybody else doesn't know, maybe Fred's on a mission to make sure that his standing is a good that could be a commander. Cool, that could be a cool subplot thing. Right. Yeah. If he's like on a mission to mm-hmm. save his child. Sure. That'd I bet be he would get a lot of leeway and get Yeah, maybe maybe that. that's like ooh, here's a here's a good here's a good conspiracy theory for you. What if that's like the Serena Joy mandate is like you find this baby, that is my baby, and you find out where this baby is going, or I'm gonna like you're gonna be the one missing Several limbs, probably, I would imagine. She probably has a little more sway than Mrs. Putnam. Um, but so, she was there oh, for the Mrs. inception. Putnam would, Mrs. Putnam would never have been able to pull off the kind of stuff that Serena Joy no. could. I mean, the way she commands she a room and turns an audience. And she doesn't have well, the right Well, Serena hook. Joy has a lot more information about everything yes. than Miss Putnam. She's so she could twist all of that at, at her will. But yeah, that is a super cool conspiracy right? theory. Because yeah. be really like, when they take her... Serena, of course, panics, but she looks to Fred, what and there's a do? there's a whole yeah there's a whole interaction there that kind of implies she's obviously not going to let this go. So what? No, does this think look about like? how bad she yeah. wanted a baby. So that's, oh. Do you remember how she was before when oh, she thought yeah. she was pregnant? Oh, she was knitting all she those was baby. So clothes. so elated. Duh. Hold on. Time Talking about the light stop in it. the room. You what? stop it right now. You stop feeling bad for Serena Joy. I know. I, I know. See it. no. stop it. It's She's... a. It's a really. There's a. There's a thing. It's a sad. It's a sad thing to watch. It's hard. I take umbrage with the feeling. I'm sorry for Serena Joy. I feel sorry for Serena Joy when she's not, you know, torturing another human. I really... Which is always. No. Well, I'm okay with it when she's torturing Fred. 
In the overarching entire story, she is always torturing someone because she helped build the society Except that is torturing everyone. Except when she thinks she's going to have a baby. The wow. baby thing is different. We are splitting the hairs that it are already just, split. It humanizes her in a yeah, way. Yeah, a lot. I get it. I yeah. get that it humanizes her. Also, think her. about, like, she used to be her own person and respected and intelligent and have a An place author. in the world. And That's true. everything she thought she was building was like twisted in a way where she has nothing. This is all she has is the prospect of maybe having a baby someday yeah. that some she has to watch some other woman conceive with her husband. So this here, is all she has. Here, here I'm, I'm going to extrapolate this theory out even farther. I'm going to get conspiracy theory on the conspiracy theory. So I think this is what's going to happen. I think that she's going to get Fred to find the baby and then she's going to turn on Fred anyway. She's going to turn yeah. anyway. I would be kind of happy to see that. That, I, that, that would be a cool then, redemption arc. Then I then I would like her. And more. then her and Put, her and Mrs. Putnam, they'll kick, you know, one on Putnam to the side and they'll just Who have cares like about they'll Mrs. just hang Putnam. out. She's she's Naomi. She's Why do terrible, I remember her name? She's a terrible person. She is awful. Oh, do you remember their walk? Serena she Joy can barely babies. stand her. She does hate babies. She's God. Baby I mean, hater. in a world like that, who hates babies? Right? It's the only reason you're there. You would think yeah. at that point in in existence, you would be overjoyed to hear a baby crying. Be overjoyed right? at something. She didn't listen to those healthy lungs. Can't handle anything. Oh, so she can't. Yes, as with everything else in Handmaid's Tale, the more we know, the less we know. Um, so now we're just so making cool. up theories, which I enjoy. That's part of the reason why I love the book. Yeah, I liked the mm-hmm. ambiguity. You do? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I dig it too. Um, but I do enjoy a good conspiracy theory, so I'm hoping. Because Serena Joy being like the, you know, being making She's Fred so feel vindictive, making, building Fred up to make him feel like he's going to redeem himself by finding the baby and taking care of all the loose ends, and then mm-hmm. just totally pulling out the rug from under him at the end of the season would just be outstanding. Well, do you remember the brutal scene where she takes June to see her daughter? And oh, how could so you So like, God. right? Yeah. So if she's that vindictive, if she can right. dream up some crap like that oh, and yeah. then pull pull it through, like pull it off, huh? Oh, there's no man. telling what she'll and turn do. like that. I know. She was so sweet when she brought her daughter out to talk to her and she was just like hanging out with her, mm-hmm. making that little girl feel special, mm-hmm. send her back inside and she comes back and, that ain't right. huh. Not See? Right at all. So she's like a cold hearted. She is. I that's can't wait sure. to see really, what that's going to look like. This discussion is really reminding me how much I love what Yvonne Strahovski has done with this character. I know. In the book, totally different. Yeah. Totally different character. True. I mean, all of the same mechanics happen, but it's just become something really different in her hands, and I love it. I didn't care as much about Serena Joy book version as I do same. about show version, which is usually the opposite um, and that's why I was so psyched to hear your interview with her, Yvonne Strahovski, because I was like, I can't wait to hear her talk about this character because she she is just well, she hates her too. So good. beautifully pulling it off, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she does. But it's so yeah. cool to watch her and the the story the screenwriters to see what they did because yeah. obviously that thing was off script. Like that didn't happen in the book with the school scene and Hannah right. and all of that. Right. So it's cool the way the show is taking her too, mm-hmm. like and making her more fleshed out and. It's just so fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to see her. I'm really excited for the second season. I'm really, I, you know, I wasn't sure, but the, they they have done a fantastic job at marketing this. And the marketing and PR team behind the show is just doing a great job at keeping the show out there without, you know, hitting everybody over the head. Yeah, with great it all job, time. social media content manager. For sure. 
As I'm in the shadow of the Star Wars poster here, this is what I think we're headed to for season two. And this is just where I'm going. I think what we're about to get is the Empire Strikes Back of Handmaid's Tale seasons. Because if, if you look at the first season of Handmaid's Tale, it was very uh, Rebels, Star Wars, if we're extrapolating yeah. that out. I think this year is like the Empire Strikes Back and that we're going to get a lot of really, really really terrible things that are going to happen. Not that you're not going to get every, and everything's not going to be completely like hopeless. They did say that, that there is hope from interesting places this season, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. Um, but I think that we're going to get like the backlash from the end of the events of season, you know, one with June escaping with the handmaids, you know, flaunting their, you know, not stoning Janine in front of Aunt Lydia <laughs> and what becomes of that. Yeah. And obviously, and Dowd saying that, Lydia is going to basically double down and stop messing around, which we didn't she think she never was messing was, around. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the other thing that uh, I know Tiana saw it, but um, the other thing that's in, because the, the most disturbing thing I think of the entire trailer is whoever's walking down the hallway with a hammer. There's oh. just an entire shot where it's just somebody yeah. gleefully with a hammer dragging Very. it down the wall. Very oh, horror like a movie trailer-ish. No, 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 no. No. Like a... a uh, like a hammer. Like, a, like hammer. a claw hammer. A claw a normal hammer. hammer you... Like a hammer you would build a house with. Interesting. And they're just walking it's down the hall, the dragging it down the, the wall like you would if you wanted someone to know that you were coming with a hammer. It was very horror movie. And I was like... Clip-ish. That's not good. So whoever's <laughs> getting the other, the other end of that, it's bad news. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think we're going to get like... I think we're getting 80-20. I think we're getting 80 awful, 20 like hopeful. Sounds Ooh. about right. That's what That's, I was expecting. I need to I need to find a new happy show to watch after episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Maybe the sure. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt will come out with another I, season, and that'll make you happy. I'm behind on a Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I guess I could do that one. Again. Oh I still have yet to my watch it. gosh, you guys, stop it! It's I'm so behind. good. Yeah. Oh, The Good Place is making me happy right now. Me too. So maybe they'll have it's more Good so Place. Because that is oh my gosh, it's so Ted Danson is killing. Have me. you watched it yet, Justin? Uh, I the good we've, place. We've talked about this before. We watched like the first five or six, and then but I you stopped. I but you said you would try. I know I haven't seen. I have not had. Please do. I have not tried. You gotta because, try it again. I've been um, laughing out loud. Fun fact: Usually, what gets watched at my house is what I refer to as Britishy shit. Uh, Victoria, The Crown. Uh, nope. Random, I watched the Crown. Random BBC shows that you didn't know exist. Upstairs, downstairs, down. Abbey. I know about upstairs, oh, downstairs. Absolutely fabulous. No, no, that's a good one. No, it's no, old. No, that's not. What I'm not a fan. Those, but I like upstairs, downstairs. Those are what my wife watches, and I'm ADD, so I'm all over the place. Um, I watch more movies than anything because I like endings. I've decided that that's the reason. I need a resolution. But don't so, you like, like J.J. Abrams? I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big but fan. You like endings? I do. Right. Just saying. Um. So I watch more movies than I do TV shows. Um, but uh, yeah. So no, I have not watched all of The Good Place yet. Gotta watch. Oh my gosh. The end of the first so season. Good. It'll all of it. I've all only, of it. So good. So good. I've only heard good things. Um, so so that will make us happy when we watch season yes, two. Yes, because season two is going to be... It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. It just is. So we'll see. Uh, any other... Uh, anything else we need to speak about? Uh, season oh. two, April 25th. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more information and we'll keep putting stuff on the social media on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook accounts at, at Handmade Podcast. So for uh, lovely Tiana and uh, Sarah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Who burped on our uh, intro. 
I, I deserve that. You want to give him another one before we go? No, I got nothing now. Got nothing? The clearly Canadian only lasts so long, and now I'm flat. All right, so we'll be back next time for uh, the February or March, depending on when we record it, episode of Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please head over to allconsumingcontent.com. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app.